0: Hello and welcome to Locked On Least Podcast, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano, joined by my co host, The Zoobs. What's going on, buddy?
1: Oh, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. It's a tough one.
0: Yeah, it sure is. Uh, A 5 4 loss to the New York Islanders, John Tavares, back at his old barn.
1: And man, the crowd was really getting after him tonight, huh? Oh, that that was the highlight. I think that was, for me, that was the highlight (laughs) of the game, was, uh, you know, it, it made it feel like a big game and and I thought you know for the good part of the first half of this game uh it sort of was a plus for the Leafs to sort of have that adversity and and they played I would think one of their first or one of their best first five minute segments of of the season they just didn't get anything out of it
0: yeah the the for sure I thought that the Leafs actually carried play for the most part uh about kind of midway through the third there it seemed like the islanders really took advantage and uh, that's when they end up running away with this game but you know for me it was a weird one because you know it really the leafs didn't lose this game it's not like they were playing terribly but they did make a couple of key mistakes and the islanders were just there to capitalize on them Um, they kind of just beat themselves with turnovers and poor play in the d zone but more importantly they got to do something about these special teams because it's been uh, a while now. It's been weeks now where we keep talking about how bad the power play is doing and the penalty kill as well hasn't been great as of late. I think it's it's like seven of the last eight games they've allowed a penalty uh, uh, a power play goal. So what, like yeah. w- the special teams? You know, who, what are like who are you blaming for the lack of? success for special teams whether it's both on the power play and the penalty kill like what what's what needs to happen for them to start succeeding
1: i think i think there's plenty of blame to go around i think you know um it's it's when they're not close to not even close i think i think it equal parts is on uh you know the, the staff I, I think there's got to be some willingness to change but it's also on on the players to sort of um, grab a hold of those moments and, and there's enough talent that they should be able to find a way through everything and, and find a way to, to overcome uh, what teams are throwing at them it's been, you know, this game is a perfect example uh, the way that the Islanders performed on special teams probably won them this game just, just based on Definitely. Uh, some some timely power play goals and, and a really good penalty kill when they needed it uh, you know, I, I think that's the lesson right there. As to, as to who specifically to blame, that's, that's tough to say. But a lot of the issues that we talk about with this team are things that traditionally do get associated with coaching. Stuff like bad starts, stuff like special teams, uh, stuff like goalie rotation. That, that is uh, something that you expect the coaching staff to have quite a sizable hand in. So that's, that's sort of where my inclination is to go. For me, you know, just kind of taking a look
0: at, at the summary here and taking a look at who is playing on the penalty kill that maybe we can try and swap out, maybe try and change something up a little bit. And there's a lot of players who I think would be all right to, to play on the PK. I mean, you have John Tavares who doesn't play a, a lick on on uh, on the PK. Uh, you got Austin Matthews doesn't play a lick on the PK. You know, there's some players out here that I think, you know, Tavares especially, uh, I, I believe that they they would probably be better off giving you some minutes on the penalty kill as opposed to, um, you know, throwing out the pairings that they are throwing out. Like, tonight, you got uh, – like, Hyman came back his first night in, 225. All right, Hyman's fine because that's something that we were, we were expecting to see. But, I mean, throwing out Nick Shore and, and Freddie the Goat out there, you know, like, I just – Try something else. Try some new players is is what I'm thinking. Because obviously the guys who are going out there right now, it's just not working.
1: Yeah, I think Tavares is a good pick for that. He's somebody that I've always been a proponent of. You you find one of those penalty kill forward slots, you find that for one of your best overall players just to get them extra ice time. And that sort of, on a larger scale, that player usage that you talk about sort of leads into the fact that none of the forwards uh, played more than 18 minutes in this game. Nylander played 17-52, uh, Hyman played 17-and-a-half, Kapanen played 17, and then you have Matthews at, at sixteen fifty-eight and Tavares at sixteen ten. and I thought, I thought they were clearly the two best players on the team tonight, and neither one of them even sniffed 17 minutes. So that sort of uh, points to a larger trend w- with those guys in finding that ice time for them. How many times last year were people talking about Matthews not getting enough ice time to make an impact? And a game like this where I thought Tavares was one of the best players on the ice for the Maple Leafs didn't get to, you know, a a really extremely high number minutes-wise. He didn't even really get to a regular high number. It's a a second-line kind of night to be playing under 17 minutes. And, And, you know, for Tavares... This is a game, especially. you want him to get
0: out there. you know he's playing against his former team. he's playing in the the in the arena. he got everyone booing him. you know, give him a reason to shut him up, go out there. Block a shot on the on the penalty kill. Go out there and rub someone out along the boards. You know, take away the puck and fire it down the ice, and uh, you know, do some other things that you can do on the special teams. But that's a really good point. A good way to try and boost your players' ice time to give them the special teams ice time. You know, like on instead of giving you know uh, a, you know a forty-five second shift to Frederick Gauthier, well, why can't you just give it to John Tavares and and give him 45 seconds? I'm sure he'll do a lot more than Freddie the Goat. But, uh, yeah, we'll we'll see. Something's got to be done with the special teams because for weeks we've been talking about how bad the the power play is, and then they finally got Tavares back. And now, of course, with the loss of Marner, there's another built-in excuse that they're not at, at full strength. But, you know, the penalty kill it's now becoming even more of a concern than the power play almost. Um, all right, let's move on from that special teams talk because we could just talk in circles about how bad it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but for me, something that I find is becoming a bit too much of a pattern. So we talked about last week about how the Leafs haven't really established an identity, and I thought, well, maybe they're, they are, but it's a different identity that they want to play a low-event, low-scoring hockey, and, and that's why I think... You know, we were a little bit upset that the Leafs haven't been blowing teams out or getting in these high 5-4, 6-5 shootouts that we saw last year. And, you know, this is becoming increasingly more apparent to me that, you know, the Bab style that they want to play or that, you know, we were suggesting might be their new identity just isn't working for this team because the moment that they fall flat and they're and they're down five two like they were in today's game, and they got to you know play loose, pedal to the metal, uh, high octane offense, kind of the same thing that happened in Chicago. They wake up, they're alive, they score, they they play so much better when they're playing a high octane, a skilled, a fast paced game. Why can't they do that the entire game? as opposed to just trying to do it in the last five minutes to tie it and take it to overtime.
1: Yeah, I mean, the point's taken. I think, you know, and I thought even at even at 0-0, I thought they were playing really, really good hockey. Um, I, I guess the, the counter to that, and, and not that I agree with this necessarily, but the counter to that would be sort of, when you look at the way the goals were scored in this game especially, it was like one-off mistakes that were... Sort of at the expense of, of you know blowing the zone a little early or um, being a, a little too far ahead of the play, so there is that mistake risk. But I agree, I think in general that that faster open style that that they played in the first period and, and definitely in that second period they they had was it almost fourteen minutes in between shots for the Islanders. They were really controlling the play and they clawed their way back. Um, I thought they were really using their speed and I and I think that's where the advantage is, especially as you say the the. I think the I think the, the conflict here is the way the team is built versus the way the Babcock wants the team, and, and guys like Nick Patan, I think, sort of really speak to that. Where Nick Patan is clearly somebody that uh, the front office believes in, and is the style of player that they want on their fourth line—a guy that can move up the lineup and play with skill—and traditionally, you know, we, that's not what Mike Babcock wants his fourth line to do. So, I think part of why the results have been so inconsistent and things have not really clicked is is the contrast in the style of play and the style of team. Yeah, I'm just I
0: I'm curious to see if Babcock so, you know, thick-skinned and uh it's he doesn't change his mind very often if at some point, you know, if this continues, like he's going to be he's got to be on the hot seat and, and there's got to be conversations with Dubas. I remember a couple of weeks ago back when he was trying to 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 do some line matching in overtime and they ended up losing the game. I forget who was against um, I forget who, but they ended up losing the game, and then afterwards there's a video that that surfaced where Dubas essentially was cursing, you know, Babcock. Yes. He's like, Well, what is he doing? Like, why would he do that? They're they're the much better team. And we came out to the exact same thing. Why is he line matching? Why is he doing that? And it seems like he's playing way too conservative when the players that he has on his roster are very aggressive and especially off they're offensively aggressive and they can do so much more if you let them loose so just do it mike come on just do it we want to see these uh, high
1: scoring games totally i believe the game you're talking about was against uh colorado or columbus it was the like what he has to know that that matchup would happen something like that i think it was a I think it was Columbus. Anyway, you yeah. know, yeah, I, I I agree fully, and that's the, that's the way the team is. That's the team's built to do. That's what the, that's there's that's why skill has been favored uh, over size. And sort of speaking, that we saw some of that in this game. We saw the Islanders play a heavy game. Leo Komarov running around, throwing big hits. Um, you know that they were opportunistic. I think is the way I would put how New York played. Yeah, the Leafs out hit tonight,
0: forty to two. Forty. 22, almost doubled. And uh, there was a really big hit Mayfield had on John Tavares. Um, No response. No response. So, I don't know. I don't want to see games like this where, you know, the team, it seems like they should win them and then just stupid mistakes are costing them because that's what a conservative style ends up doing because if you, you're playing conservative and then the second you make one mistake, one 80-bitty mistake, they can capitalize on it and now you're down. And that yeah. seems to be what's been going on the entire season. So, uh, All right, let's let's uh, let's move on. Let's get anything else you want to talk about from that game?
1: No, no. We'll, we'll cover it in the next segment.
0: Yeah, we'll cover it in the good, the bad, the ugly, and that's coming up next. All right, welcome Matt's to locked on these podcast Mike Stefano alongside the Zoobs. All right, Leafs with a 5-4 loss in regulation. Came close to tying it. They ended up scoring two goals in the last couple of minutes but uh, unfortunately couldn't make the comeback complete. Uh, a lot of there was some good, but there was also some bad and definitely some ugly. Uh
1: good, bad, ugly. What was good for you? Uh, I thought John Tavares played well. I thought, you know, this is a game that you expect the whole team to get up for. I don't know that that happened. But I thought um, his deflection and his goal were two, like, classic not many guys in the league are strong enough to be where he is and skilled enough to pull off what he pulled off. He's a you know, he, he was a real beast tonight, and I, I really wish he had seen more ice time, given that was a revenge game for him. And given, uh, you know, the, the crowd and how every time he touched the puck he was booed and... Every time he took a face-off, you know, they cheered if he lost it. I think you need to play him more than 16 minutes, considering that he was basically a a force Uh, most of the time he was on the ice and had two points. Uh, I I thought Tavares was the best player for the Maple Leafs in that one.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. I thought Tavares had an excellent game, and he had something to play for. You know, these are always the ones that you're going to wake up and, you know, as they say, put some money on the board, try and get the win. And uh, unfortunately, the rest of the team wasn't able to come through for him. Uh, but I thought Willie Nylander actually had a really good game as well. You know, he's he's the consistency of this guy is really starting to to round into form. It seems like on a nightly basis, we're we're consistently putting Neilander in uh, in the good categories. Uh, you know, after every single game, you know, he extends his his point streak. He's got five goals in the last five games, eleven points in the last eleven games. You know, Nylander, he's he's on fire right now and he's somebody who needs to keep it going especially with the absence of, of Mitch Marner and I I thought he had a good game tonight uh bad what was bad
1: uh I, I think I I I'm gonna give this one to just uh the mistakes in general that's that's sort of I know maybe that's uh a little bland but there was the goals came off of bad turnovers uh they came off of um you know that that sort of half 2 on oh where both defensemen have blown the zone, and only Kerfoot was back. Just a really winnable game if they're just a little bit tighter in a, in a couple of individual plays. There's no reason they don't win this game four two or three one. Like they really should have won this game pretty handily if not for uh, some real mental mistakes. And and that to me was bad.
0: Yeah, for me, I thought that uh, you know Freddie Anderson didn't have a good game. I thought that he was kind of. You know, there's a couple of goals that he should have had, especially that that one to, uh, I think it was Beauvillier, right out in front, uh, where he just put it right between the, the wicket. Like, you just got to close that up and make that stop. It was right in front of you, so easy to make, and it was just an ugly, ugly goal. And uh, that, like you said, you know, just the small mistakes that, that that they're making, and that was a mental lapse on Freddie Anderson, left the, the five-hole wide open, and he just pretty much just Pushed it in there and into the back of the net, and uh, I think that was that gave them the 3-2 lead. Which obviously, going into the period, that uh, that made them feel pretty good about themselves. And then Brissard came out and scored on the power play. So, and that leads into my uglies, which was special teams ugly, yeah. ugly game for the special teams. 0 for 2 on the power play, didn't get a single shot. 1 for 3 on the penalty kill. Uh, they allowed more shots against on the power play than they did themselves they had three shorthanded shots against and zero on the man advantage
1: brutal. brutal brutal yeah and and all too common uh brutal brutal and and all too uh familiar this year uh something something that we talked about at the beginning of the year that we thought would be a strength uh has not been and uh disappointing yeah. disappointing yeah. it's
0: it's not good,
1: eh? In the words of Phil <laughs> Kessel. Not no good, guy. eh? What was ugly for you? Uh special teams, yeah. Same same deal. Yeah. Uh absolutely. Um just just bad. Um Well what's interesting good. too
0: what's interesting too is that like they that was an issue last season. So they bring in these new coaches, Dave Haxtall and um uh, oh man, who's men the power play, the other assistant coach. We were all
1: about him. We were all about him earlier this year. I uh... know, I know. We
0: talked about him all the time. The the guy from Florida, Paul. Yes. Anyway, okay, so Paul, the the power play coach, let's call him. Can't believe I'm blanking (laughs) on his name right now. But, you know, like you bring those two in thinking that they're going to change things up. And, you know, like he came from Florida, which was they were second best they have the second best power play unit, and argue I would argue that if you look and you look at the talent that the Leafs have and the talent that the the Florida Panthers have on their PP ones, I'm taking the Leafs on paper at least, you know, mm-hmm. seven days out of the week, and the fact that they just can't get it going, I, I don't know. And they even tried to they, they tried moving Tavares back as a net front presence, and then Nylander now is playing the bumper role. So they are trying different things,
1: but tonight it just didn't work out. It was it was ugly. Yeah, no, uh, it was ugly, was, and, it, and it ended up costing them the game. Yeah.
0: All right, uh, coming up next, we're going to play some cosine, and No Sign, which is always a lot of fun. But first, let me tell you about Blue Chew. All right, guys, let's talk about sex, good sex. Remember the days when you are always ready to go. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up, BlueChew.com, that's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready for whenever an opportunity arises. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform, it's for any guy who wants extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than any pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special offer for our listeners. That's you, our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when using our special promo code MLB. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's blue com. Promo code MLB to try it free. BlueChew is better, cheaper, faster choice. And we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. All right, welcome back to Locked on These podcast. Mike DiStefano alongside the Zoobs. Let's put that game in the rearview mirror. It was ugly. We're moving on to Boston now. Uh, but first, let's play us some cosign, no sign to get us in a better mood.
1: Absolutely right. All right. Uh, you go first this week. Cosign, no sign. Austin Matthews is shaving that mustache before this time next week. <laughs> um
0: i'm gonna no sign that because i mean it's it's November he can't shave it it's November <laughs> he, he's got at True. least he's gotta at least wait until December and then it may go
1: away for forever <laughs> okay so i I change my uh, Cosign no sign december- December first great point forgot about that December first it's gone what do you think
0: uh let's go with man hmm I kinda like it. I think he likes it. But he seems to me like he might be a bit of a superstitious guy. So I'm gonna go ahead mm. and say cosign. I think it's gone. I think he's gonna shave it off in hopes that you know that's gonna be that's gonna start give them a, a bit of a fresh freshness to the team, freshness to his game. Although he hasn't played horribly and you know the points are there for him, so maybe in, in his mind he's doing okay this year. But yeah, I'll 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 co sign that. Okay. All right, number one, for me to you, Mike Babcock will be this team's coach on
1: draft day this season. Ooh, uh, man, I'm starting to think that this is a no sign. I'm starting to think what we're seeing is, uh, you know, the slow separation, as I mentioned earlier, between the way the team is built and the way the team is coached. I think. Uh, with sort of the way that they've played out of the gate here if this turns into you know maybe it's uh even more disappointing first round exit i think there's no question that he's gone and i think uh i think there's a, there's a good to decent chance that happens so i'm gonna go with cosine or with no sign i don't think he will be on a scale of one to ten
0: if this team is not in a playoff position come january 1st. Would you consider firing Mike Babcock if you were Kyle Dubas? If they're in the
1: same position they are now?
0: Uh not in a playoff. Are they I I, I
1: don't think, think they're you're in right. a playoff spot. They're tied, but yeah, they're they're tied with the in Penguins. A, yeah, wild card spot. So if they're out of the out of the playoffs
0: spot, so they would still they probably still be in the hunt, but
1: January 1st? Yes. I think pretty low. I think uh, I think low odds on that. We because then we're talking about they've just gotten Marner back. Uh I think I think he's still the coach in January, no matter what. I think he has I think he has still the playoff run unless they don't make the playoffs. I think uh, otherwise I think he's got the rest of the year. Okay. Barring a collapse. All right. All right. Number two for you. co sign no sign, Casimir Kaskisuo <laughs> sticks. As backup goaltender, no sign, no sign, no <laughs> chance.
0: You
1: wow. know, like, I, well, I hope so. Like, it's it's a 9-28. fun name to say. Nine twenty-eight in eight games with the Marlies in the AHL.
0: In the AHL, it's it's the American League, all right. Like, I, not that it's a terrible league. Trust me, I'm sure I couldn't score a goal on them. but like. Eh, he hasn't played a single game in the NHL, which I guess technically every goalie ever hasn't played until they have. <laughs> but, I mean, we even had we, – we had Heart of Vlad on last week, and he even said himself he doesn't believe that Kazimiri Kaskasuo is the answer in net uh, for the backup position. He doesn't believe that, and he watches the Marlies on a, on a daily basis. He covers them for Christ's sake. So <laughs> if he says that he's not going to be the answer – I'm gonna go ahead and say that he won't be the answer. No, sir. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. Uh, another one for you. William Nylander will finish in the top
1: three in leaf scoring this season. Oh, that's a co-sign. I think he is. Uh, I think he is going to continue to be the strawster in the drink, for lack of a better term. I think when you look at the amount of time that Marner is about to miss, he's gonna it's gonna take a lot of catching up and i think he's been a really consistent um just under a point appointed game guy and somebody that they can rely on uh for offense uh, night in and night out i think i think co-signed to that big time i think he will be uh definitely top 3 all right uh boy i, I was going to ask you basically the same question so um <laughs> <laughs> like to the word um what do we what else we got here um I'm gonna find one here. You want me to go first with my third one? Then yeah. You, can... you, you go, you go right. first. You, you stump me here. I, I, got, I got all <laughs> it <twisted> up. <laughs> all right.
0: Uh number three. It's more likely the Leafs finish the season in a wild card spot than a divisional playoff spot this season.
1: I think that is a cosign. I think that is the reality we are to deal with, um, Boston's a very good team. I, I don't see them not being a very good team uh, for the foreseeable future. And, uh, you know, we, we still haven't seen the best of Tampa. We still are, we're dealing with a lot of teams in the division with, with uh, similar stories. They, they can always go on a run, as we talked about. But I think, I think wildcard position is probably more likely.
0: Currently, yeah, they're sitting uh, on the outside looking in, fourth place in the Atlantic. Yeah, Boston at twenty six points, Canadians at twenty three, Panthers at twenty three, Maple Leafs at twenty two. But they do have two more games played than each of those three teams. So, and I did not even mention the Lightning. That's right. <laughs> it's yeah, it's 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 unfortunate. And I think if we all kind of put money on it at the beginning of the year, we would say the opposite. It'd be more likely for them to finish in a divisional spot. But at this point, if they keep it up, and I don't know. I don't know. I don't even think a playoff berth is is like 100% certain anymore. No, I To be quite agree. honest with you.
1: I agree. I agree. Something's got to change. All right. Did uh, you think of a third one there? I did. All right. Let's go. C- cosine, no sign. Uh, any forward will end the season with an average time on ice higher than 20 minutes. Austin Matthews is currently the leader coming into this game at 19 minutes and 59 seconds.
0: Oh, that is so That's like right there.
1: Hmm. That's a good one.
0: Oh, man. Um, cosine. Cosign. I'll co-sign it uh because I'm this is kind of a wishful thinking because I want them to play more time. And a guy like Matthews or even Tavares, they need, you know, we talked about potentially switching up the penalty killing roles a little bit. And if either of those guys get any type of PK time, that's just going to add at least a minute, minute and a half to their to their totals. Um so uh, that might mean that their their five on five time gets taken back just a notch, obviously. But i i think I think that they could end up with uh, over twenty minutes a game on average at, by season's end. Costa. Okay. Okay. I hope so too. It's again wishful thinking, but uh, <laughs> we could we got to try and stay positive at some sometimes during this podcast. That's, that's right. You know, coming up. Uh, you know, the first segment. We beat on we beat up on them a little bit, so let's stay a little more positive here in in the second in the third segment. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, you got anything else about tonight?
1: No, no, I think the the, the less said is better. What? <laughs> so the less the less that we say, the better. Ah, oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, especially on nights like tonight.
0: All right, well, that's going to do it for us today here on the podcast. Thank you for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked On Leafs podcast on all podcasting platforms. Receive daily Leafs content. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Leafs. Follow myself at Mickey underscore Canuck and Follow Zoobs at the underscore Zoobs. All right, be sure to check back in here tomorrow. We'll be chatting. Well, I believe the Bruins are going to be in town, so we're going to chat about the Big Bad Bruins. But until then, keep it locked right here on Lockdown Leafs.